What up, Kevin? Welcome to another Daily Science Report. We've got some really cool stuff today. I've been saving some of these for you guys, actually, for a good time. I feel like now is a good time, so we're going to bust some of these out, crack them open. This first, feel free to call in, comment. Um, by the way, I'm just going to start by reading this first article to you guys. It's a cool one. It's a doozy. It is titled 3D Printing Drones Work Like Bees to Build and Repair Structures While Flying. The technology, which has been tested in the lab, could ultimately be used for manufacturing and building um, difficult building in difficult to access or dangerous locations such as tall buildings or help with post-disaster relief construction. 3D printing gaining momentum in the construction industry, both on-site and in the factories. Static and mobile robots print materials for use in construction projects such as steel and concrete structures. This new approach to 3D printing led in its development by Imperial and EMPA, the Swiss Federal Laboratories of Material Science and Tech, uses flying robots known as drones to use collective building methods inspired by natural builders like bees and wasps who work together to create large, intricate structures. The drones, the drones in the fleet, known collectively as Aerial Additive Manufacturing, Aerial AM, work to cooperatively form a single blueprint, adapting their techniques as they go. They're fully autonomous while flying, but are monitored by a human controller who seeks, who checks progress and intervenes if necessary based on the information provided by the drones. The professor of development says they've proved that drones can work autonomously and in tandem to construct and repair buildings, at least in the lab. Their solution is a scalable and could help them construct and repair buildings in difficult to reach areas in the future. Aerial AM uses both a 3D printing and path planning framework to help the drones adapt to variations in geometry of the structure as the build progresses. The fleet consists of build drones, which deposit materials during flight, and quality controlling scan drones that continually measure the build drone's output and inform their next manufacturing steps. To test the concept, the researchers developed four bespoke cementitious mixtures for the drones to build with. Throughout the build, the drones assessed the printed geometry in real time and adapted their behavior to ensure they met the build specifications with manufacturing accuracy on a manufacturing accuracy of five millimeters. <clears throat> Not bad. The proof of concept prints included a two meter high cylinder, 72 layers with a polyurethane based foam material and an 18 centimeter high cylinder, 28 layers with a custom designed structural cementuous material. Technology offers future possibilities for building and repairing structures in tall or other hard-to-access locations. Next, the researchers will work with construction companies to validate the solutions and provide repair and manufacturing capabilities. They believe their fleet of drones could help reduce the cost and risk of construction in the future compared to traditional manual methods. Of course they do, but it is cool. So I'm going to drop a link to that right there and check in on you guys, see how y'all are doing. And feel free to let me know if there's a specific subject you guys want to hear about. I can absolutely adapt the show like live as necessary. So if there's like a specific thing you'd like me to dive into, just feel free to shout it out. And I'm going to jump into the next article here. <clears throat> Excuse me if I'm like eating food while I do this. Um, 
Okay, so they've mis- they've engineered mosquitoes that cannot spread malaria. It's interesting. Uh, new breach of the world's largest living thing. New hearts. Okay. This is kind of interesting. All right. <clears throat> Pioneering research using bacteria brings scientists a step closer to creating artificial cells with lifelike functionality. So, scientists have harnessed the potential of bacteria to help build advanced synthetic cells, which mimic real-life functionality. The research, led by University of Bristol and published today in Nature, makes important progress in deploying synthetic cells known as protocells to more accurately represent the complex composition, structure, and function of living cells. Establishing true-to-life functionality in protocells is a global grand challenge spanning multiple fields ranging from bottom-up synthetic biology and bioengineering to origin-of-life research. Previous attempts to model protocells using microcapsules have fallen short. The team of researchers turned to bacteria to build complex synthetic cells using a living material assembly process. Professor Stephen Mann from the University of Bristol School of Chemistry... Um, demonstrated an approach to the construction of highly complex protocells using viscous, I'm sorry, viscous micro droplets filled with living bacteria as a microscopic building site. In the first step, the team exposed the empty droplets to two types of bacteria. One population spontaneously was captured with the droplets while the other was tapped at the droplet surface. And both types of bacteria were destroyed so that the released cellular components remain trapped inside or on the surface of the droplets to produce membrane-coated bacteriogenic protocells containing thousands of biological molecules, parts, and machinery. The researchers discovered that the protocells were able to produce energy-rich molecules, ATP, via glycosis and synthesize RNA and proteins, wow, by in vitro gene expression, indicating the inherited bacterial components remain active in the synthetic cells. Further testing the capacity of this technique, the team employed a series of chemical steps to remodel bacteriogenic protocells structurally and morphologically. The released bacterial DNA, what is morphologically? We're going to get a definition at the end of this article, guys. Don't worry. Um, uh, If you guys want to do that for me, that'd be rad. Um, The released bacterial DNA was condensed into a single nucleus-like structure in the droplet interior infiltrated with a cytoskeletal-like network of protein filaments and membrane-bound water vacuoles. As a step towards the construction of a synthetic living cell entity, the researchers implanted living bacteria into the protocells to generate self-sustainable ATP production and long-term energization for glycosis, or sorry, glycosis, gene expression, and cytoskeletal assembly. Curiously, the proto-living constructs adopted an amoeba-like external morphology due to an on-site bacterial metabolism and growth to produce a cellular bionic system with integrated lifelike properties. Consisting, uh, corresponding author, Professor Stephen Mann said, achieving high organizational and functional complexity in synthetic cells is difficult, especially under close to equilibrium conditions. Hopefully, our current bacteriogenic approach will help increase the complexity of current protocell models, state the integration a myriad of biological components and enabled the development of energized cytomimetic systems. 
Our living material assembly approach provides an opportunity for the bottom-up construction of symbiotic living slash synthetic cell constructs. For example, using engineered bacteria, it should be possible to fabricate complex mod modules for development in diagnostic and therapeutic areas of synthetic biology, as well as biomanufacturing and biotechnology in general. Holy shit. That was way weirder than even I thought it was going to be. How about that? How often does that happen? <clears throat> so, what'd you guys think about that one? <laughs> Let's get a good definition of morphogenic um, after I drop this link for you guys. It's kind of an interesting term that I honestly, I'm familiar with the morphogenic field or morphogenetic field. I want to make sure I get that word right. Um, know what I'm actually talking about here or at least have more of a vague understanding of what I'm talking about. Um, dun, 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 dun. Morphology, it's not the word. It's like morphogenetic, ah, morphologically. So not morphogenetically, but morphologically. Nonetheless, um, the released bacterial DNA was condensed into a single nucleus-like structure in the droplet interior infiltrated. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, further testing the capacity of this technique, the team employed a series of chemical steps to remodel the bacterial, um, the bacteriogenetic protocells structurally and morphogenetic, uh, morph, morphologically, morphologically, yeah. structurally and morphologically. So I'm not sure how morphologically um distinguishes itself from structurally so we're gonna get into it morphologically that's the word i'm looking for sorry dudes i'm just a fucking nerd uh yeah we gotta look this word up morphological definition is pertaining to morphology oh thank you um geological structure Relating or concerned with the formation of words and language. Morphology as a whole is the branch of biology that deals with the form and structure of organisms without consideration, a consideration of function. Oh, okay, so the form and structure of an organism or one of its parts. Interesting. Study in, in, in linguistics, it would be the study uh, or the structure of the form of words in language, including inflection, duration, the formation of compounds, yada, yada. But okay, it's like kind of just studying the actual structure without really taking regard for um, the functionality of those structures, just kind of examining the geometry of biological systems. It's kind of interesting. I like it. All right, we'll knock out one more if you guys don't have any ideas or recommendations, I've got one more banger to fucking close us out with. A couple of interest ones. Oof. Oof. Let's go with this one first. We got, I have two more interesting ones for you guys. Maybe a fifth one. We'll see what we got. This one is titled Synthetic Embryo with Brain and Beating Heart Grown from Multiple Stem Cells. What the fuck? Researchers all right, <laughs> from the University of Cambridge have created model embryos from mouse stem cells that form a brain, a beating heart, and the foundations of all the other organs of the body, a new avenue for recreating the first stages of life. The team developed by Professor 
Magdalena Zernika goats developed the embryo model without eggs or sperm and instead uses, used stem cells, the body's master cells, which can develop into almost any cell type in the body. The researchers mimicked natural processes in lab by guiding three types of stem cells found in alien development to the point where they start interacting. By inducing the expression of a particular set of genes and establishing a unique environment for their interactions, the researchers were able to get the stem cells to talk to each other. The stem cells self-organized into structures that progressed through the successive developmental stages until they had beating hearts and the foundations of a brain as well as yolk sac, where the embryo develops and gets nutrients from its first weeks. Unlike other synthetic embryos, the Cambridge developed models reached the point where the entire brain, including the anterior portion, began to develop. This is a further point in development than has been achieved in any other stem cell-derived model. The team say the results, uh, the result of more than a decade of research that progressively led to more and more complex embryo-like structures and result and reported in the journal Nature could help researchers understand why some embryos fail, why others go on to develop into a healthy pregnancy. Additionally, the results could be used to guide repair and to be, uh, the results could be used to guide repair and the development of synthetic human organisms for transplantation. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize, guys. The results could be used to guide repair and development of synthetic human organs for transplantation. So if they're developing synthetic human organs by growing them in a lab from stem cells like this, this is kind of something they're hoping that would shed some light on that. It kind of sounds like modern day alchemists are creating the humunculus <laughs> in a laboratory. It's so fucking weird. Uh, the humunculus was like all the weird ways that alchemists would try to create a living thing without using like eggs or sperm i guess well in the conventional methods that you might think of let's just say <laughs> anyway moving on i'm sorry for yelling at you guys this is weird uh our mouse embryo model not only develops a brain but also a beating heart and the components that go on to make up the body it's not just unbelievable that we've got this far. This has been the dream of our community for years and major focus of our work for a decade. And finally, we've done it. For a human embryo to develop successfully, there needs to be a dialogue between the tissues that will become the embryo and the tissues that will connect the embryo to the mother. In the first week after fertilization, three types of stem cells develop. One will eventually become the tissues of the body and the other two support the embryo's development. One of these extra embryonic stem cell types will become the placenta, which connects the fetus to the mother and provides oxygen and nutrients. The second is the yolk sac, where the embryo grows and where it gets nutrients from early in development. Many pregnancies fail at the point when the three types of stem cells begin to send mechanical and chemical signals to each other which tell the embryo how to develop properly. So many pregnancies fail around this time before most women realize they're pregnant. Um, this period is the foundation for everything else that follows in the pregnancy. If it goes wrong, the pregnancy will fail. Over the past decade, Professor Zernika Goat's group in Cambridge has been studying these earliest stages of pregnancy in order to understand why some pregnancies fail and some succeed. The stem cell embryo model is important because accessibility to the developing structure at a stage that's normally hidden from us due to the implantation of the tiny embryo into the mother's womb. This ability allows us to manipulate genes to understand their developmental roles in a model experimental system. 
to guide the development of their synthetic embryo. The researchers put together cultured stem cells representing each of the three types of tissue in the right proportions and environment to prevent their growth and communication with each other, eventually self-assembling into an embryo. The researchers found that the extra embryonic cells signal to embryonic cells by chemical signals, but also mechanistically or through touch, guiding the embryo's development. I would also imagine that there's probably some biophoton, some photoreceptive communication going on there. This period of human life, that's just me talking. <laughs> this period of human life, back to the business, is so mysterious. So to be able to see how it happens in a dish, to have access to these individual stem cells, to understand why so many pregnancies fail and why we might be able to, why and how we might be able to prevent that from happening is quite special. We looked at the dialogue that has to happen between the different types of stem cells at that time. We've shown how it occurs and how it can go wrong. A major advance in the study is the ability to generate the entire brain, in particular the anterior part, which has been a major goal in the developmental the development of synthetic embryos. This works in Zernica goat's system because this part of the brain requires signals from one of the ex extra embryonic tissues to be able to develop. The team thought this might be taking place from their 2008 and 2001 studies, which used the same component cells to de develop the embryos at a slightly earlier stage. Now by pushing development just one day further, they can go definitely, they can definitely say their model is the very first to signal development of the anterior and in fact, the whole brain. Wild. This opens new possibilities to the study and the mechanisms of neurodevelopment in an experimental model. In fact, we demonstrate the proof of this principle in the paper by know, knocking out a gene already known to be essential for formulation of the neural tube precursor of the neuro, nervous system and for brain and eye development. In the absence of this gene, the synthetic embryos show exactly the known def, uh, defects in brain development as an animal carrying this mutation. This means we can begin to apply this kind of approach to the many genes with unknown function in the brain development. While current research has carried out in mouse models, the researchers are developing similar human models with the potential to be directed towards the generation of specific organ types to understand mechanisms behind crucial processes that would be otherwise impossible to study in real embryos. At present, UK law permits human embryos to be studied in the laboratory only up to the 14th day of development. If the models developed by Zernica Goat's team are shown to be successful with humans, they could also be used to guide the development of synthetic organs for patients awaiting transplants. There are so many people around the world who wait for years for organ transplants. What makes our work exciting is that the knowledge coming out of it could be used to grow correct synthetic human organs to save the lives that are currently lost. It could also be possible to affect and heal adult, adult organs by using the knowledge we have on how they're made. This is an incredible step forward and took 10 years of hard work of many team members. I never thought we'd get to this place. You never think your dreams will come true, but they have. <laughs> Weird dream, but it's totally cool. <laughs> Like, rad, I mean, scary, creepy, all those things, however you want to look at it. That was way weirder than I expected it to be, so you guys are welcome. Um, on to another one, huh? You guys have any um, recommendations or um, uh, requests for what you'd like me to dive into? Don't hesitate to let me know what kind of topic you're interested in, and I'll make a whole show about it. 
Um, so on to the next article here. Let's see what we got. Should be another. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. It's a really good one. This is a very important article. We might just wrap it up with this one. And then maybe we can like talk about it afterwards. Should be pretty interesting. So what makes the human brain different? A new study reveals clues published August 25th of 2022 at Yale University. And so take it yeah, from, you know, what it's worth. Um, what makes the human brain distinct from that of all other animals, including even our closest primitive relatives? In an analysis of cell types in the prefrontal cortex of our primate species, Yale researchers identified species-specific, particularly human-specific features. They report August 25th in the journal Science. And they found what makes us human may also make us susceptible to neuropsychiatric diseases. Huzzah! This is why smart people go crazy. Um, for the study, the researchers looked specifically at the dorsolateral prefrontal uh, <laughs> dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, the DLPFC, a brain region that is unique to primates and essential for higher order higher order cognition. Using a single cell RNA sequencing technique, they profiled, they profiled the expression levels of genes in hundreds of thousands of cells collected from the DLPFC. That was the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex of adult humans, chimpanzees, macaque, and marmoset monkeys. Today, we view the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex as the core component of human identity, but still we don't know what makes it unique what makes this unique in humans and distinguishes us from other primitive species um, or other primate species. Um, now we have more clues. So to answer this, the researchers first asked whether there are any cell types uniquely present in humans or other analyzed non-human primate, primate species. After grouping cells with similar expression profiles, they revealed 109 shared primate cell types, but also five that were not common to all species. These included a type of microglia, or brain-specific immune cell, that was present only in humans, and a second type shared by only humans and chimpanzees. The human-specific microglia type exists throughout development and adulthood. The researchers found suggesting cells play a role in the maintenance of the brain upkeep rather than combating, combating disease. We humans live in a very different environment with unique lifestyle compared to other primitive species in uh, glia cells, including microglia. We are very sensitive to these differences. The type of microglia found in the human brain might represent an immune response to the environment. An analysis of gene expression in the microglia revealed another human-specific surprise, the presence of gene FOXP2 or FOXP2. Discovery has raised great interest because variants of FOXP2 have been linked to verbal dyspraxia, a condition which patients have difficulty reproducing language or speech. Other studies have also shown that FOXP2 is associated with other neuropsychologic, uh, uh, sorry, neuropsychiatric diseases such as autism, schizophrenia, and epilepsy. Sestin and colleagues found this gene exhibits primate-specific expression in a subset of excitatory neurons and human-specific human expression in microglia. 
Fox P2 has integrated, uh, sorry, intrigued many scientists for decades, but still we have no idea of what makes it unique in humans versus other primate species. Um, they are extremely excited about Fox P2 findings because they open new directions in the study of language and diseases. The research is funded by the National Institutes of Health and National Institutes of National Institute of Mental Health. Other authors include the co-lead author Mario Scarica, uh, associate research scientist in neuroscience at Yale School of Medicine, co-senior author Andre Sousa, assistant professor of neuroscience at University of Wisconsin-Madison, co-senior author Stephen M. Strip Matter, Vincent Coates, professor of neurology and professor of neuroscience at Yale, chair of the... <coughs> Chair of the Department of Neuroscience and Director of the Kavli Institute of Neuroscience. So there's all your credentials. Let me get you guys the link and see what y'all think. No pressure. But interested to see what you guys are into. Somebody's falling asleep. Man, I'm falling asleep too earlier today before I started the show. Well. We're interested in the same shite. That's cool. I mean, science is fucking awesome, regardless of what you believe. Uh, yeah, this shit is beyond fucking wild. It's like, this, you can't imagine this shit on your own. Um, so pretty fucking crazy, intense, wild stuff going on here. You guys want one more? Let's see how many people we got. Four people in here. Oh, Anthony's ready to make a comment. What you got, Anthony? What's going on, Brady? More so, I just wanted to say hi. I was actually working on a task and blasting the new Mars Volta album, which dropped on Friday. It's pretty oh, good. The yeah. first I in ten years. It's it's uh, you know it's kind of poppy, but it's uh, you know I've seen them a few times in concert, and uh, so I was kind of blasting that and like half listening to your stories. So I don't really have a specific comment, but in general, I don't think we've spoken one on one seen you in Ali's room who's been you know a buddy of mine for a few years and I'm like I really like you because like I'm very much like come from like the hippie left that just so happened to like kind of shift or like decide like oh, I'm gonna just like play along and like pretend to be on the right or whatever for the past like uh, really since like 2017 but I uh, just wanted to like formally introduce myself because I think you're a cool guy and uh, I appreciate this room and you know kind of what you're doing on here so Nice to meet you, man. Um, what kind of subjects are you interested in hearing about? Dude, I mean, I so I've lived since like 25, 34 now, like I've lived about like half of my life in that time, like in Latin America, um, mm -hmm. hanging out with a lot of shamans in Peru and the Amazon and the Andes. And now I'm in Chiapas, Mexico, which is Mayan land. And mm -hmm. uh, so that's like what I'm really about. Um, and okay. so I can yeah, do an yeah. episode for you about piezo electricity and the piezo electric properties like of piezo kinetics. Wow. Like I know Terrence McKenna talked a lot about piezo kinetics. Yeah. Like when it was like that sound, like that with the DMT, yeah. and kind of like breaking cool. through the the plane of of this existence. Dude, that would be such an awesome topic. Like seriously, yeah. that would. That's a great idea. Thank you, man. I appreciate well, that. Well, yeah, and I've started a show that like has been baking in my head for a while. That like. Oh, but, and, and I knew that Colin was the place, but I was kind of waiting for like some of my friends from Clubhouse to come over, which, you know, again, I'm a little bit different than a lot of those guys, but like they are and have been kind of my crew for a couple of years. Uh, I hang with kind of like the outlier, like the hippie outlier. Right on. I'm glad I'm not the only one. That's kind of cool. 
Yeah. And, uh, but I would love to have you, like I'm, I've started a show um, you can see on my profile called, uh, you know, the world less traveled. Oh, right on. And I would love to I'm have you as a now. guest for an episode yeah. and just get yeah. it deeply. Cause I've heard some of your experiences, like you're talking about, I think it was two nights ago. We were talking about when you were a kid and you like had an out of body experience where you peed and almost and died and uh, whatever you want to talk about, like, you know, it's kind of like, I'm sure you're familiar with Bill Hicks, right? Yeah. And it's kind of, and that's like in, in the description of the show, which I might change, but like in his beautiful monologue at the very end of his, one of his last specials was like, you know, exploring worlds, both inner and outer. And yeah. that's very much what, what I'm about. Cause you know, I've gone to, you know, the, um, you know, deep into sketchy places in Peru and Morocco and Eastern Europe and Mexico and, and then also like the fancy places and the jungle and, you know, the psychedelics. And so, yeah, I would love to have you as a guest and just wanted to, you know, get that follow back so we could be in touch and, uh, and I'll, I'll DM you, but, uh, yeah, I think you're a cool dude. We don't agree on everything, but I think you're a good person and I appreciate you. Likewise, dude. And, um, I started a comedy podcast as well in the name of Bill Hicks. Um, and, uh, so we do sketch comedy. <laughs> you went to some sketch places. You're like the boots on the ground. So you go to the sketch places. I do the sketch comedy. Yep. Well, I love um, sketch comedy. I love troll comedy too. And that was actually one thing that we were doing in clubhouse and back even like before, because like, I knew like this crew that just came in, but I met up like before I really like connected with them on clubhouse, even though we knew each other, I met up with this guy from um, LA. He's really a New Yorker, Stevie Gutman. And he was like a failed Italian actor. And he went to Hollywood and they're like, oh, you're going to be the next Al Pacino. And the next thing you know, he's the Boost Mobile Man Baby, which you might have seen that ad. It's one of like the biggest ads. It was like a Super Bowl ad. And he's like, he's like a man baby. And he's like in someone's like, you know, in the supermarket. And he's like, I like breast milk. But, and like it ruined his career. He was, he was fucked. I can send you the link. Like it's, it, he was fucked, but it was like in Japan and Korea, like he made millions of dollars from the, but it ruined his, any chances he had for Hollywood. And then, and he was like, just, what was he? he he's, you know, if you look at his IMDB, Stevie Gutman, like he's got some things, but he and I hooked up and we're like opposite people or were these in these rooms with like black people who we really liked, but that were like very anti-Semitic. And we were like the white guy and the Jewish guy that were like trying to make peace. And we ended up forming this improv room called uh, the Non-Expert Society, where we would like bring people in, like, because everyone on Clubhouse was like, I'm an expert in crypto, I'm an expert in fucking, you know, whatever, well, the coaching and life coaching. And, and so we started the Non-Expert Room and we'd bring people in and roast them. And then we had like, we got some podcast offers and then it was fucking hilarious. Like the, probably one of the best nights we had like a, we had like with the best night we did like a tribunal where we like interrogated people and we're I like, How, why are you I not an expert? I've been on some of those rooms. I heard some of that, dude. And I absolutely volunteer for tribunal. Yeah. Like, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah, we, we held a tribunal, but the best part was, and we got, that's kind of like what led it all downhill is we got like reported for bullying because this one woman Aww. came in from, from, Tucson, University of Arizona, and she was like a doctor and a PhD. And we were literally just like lightly roasting her. And we're like, hey, her name was like Dor Doreen or Dorleen. We're like, hey, Doreen, like, what are you an expert in? She's like, well, I'm an expert in, 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 you know, cognitive growth and, you know, from two to four years old. And we're like, okay. And we just started like lightly roasting her. And within two minutes, she's like, you don't know who I am. You like, blah, blah, blah. Like, and like wow. reported us all for bullying. And that was kind of like, but it was a beautiful concept, right? And like, if you're doing something like that, I would love to be part of it. 
<laughs> well, I might need to make an alias for some of those rooms. It's going to be completely voluntary as far as the roasting goes in my room. I'm going to try to avoid getting blocked in any way on call-in. But I do want to know where that line is. <laughs> That's why I'm relying on you guys. But uh, nice talking to you, Anthony. I'm going to make Likewise, some yeah, for sure. Awesome. I'll, I'll hop down to the bottom. All right, right on. And uh, I'll make a P- Piseo Electric uh, whole episode for you. That'd be awesome. What's up, Ginny? What would you like to hear about or talk about? I'll give you some time to – I know unmuting isn't easy on this app. Sometimes you have to close the app and reopen it. Did you call me up, Brady? I'm sorry. I was distracted talking to my daughter. No, you're good. You're up. Okay. Is it, uh, what kind of subjects would you like to hear about? Oh, I was just interested in what um, Anthony was talking about with the the comedy, sketch comedy. I think we all need some good comedy. And I feel like, you know, the, the cancel culture has been particularly harsh on our comedians. So I'm, I'm all about getting the laughs going because I think at the end of the day, it'll save us. It'll save our society and our culture if we can just find the funny and all the madness. So I'm definitely interested in any comedy that you're planning to do. I I will definitely show up for it. Right on. I'm actually going to do a show about bad dates. So if anyone has any good bad date stories, we'd love to hear it. Well, I studied improv when I was in high school and was part of my, my high school improv troupe. And then just about every part I've had in theater has been the comedy role. And oh, nice. Let's do it. When I went to university, my um, the first conference I went to as a little freshman, they had a talent show. So I did this uh-huh. stand, stand-up comedy routine. And I for my auditions for shows, I always write my own, my own work. And I, I always nice. do stand-up. So I have a big place in my heart for anybody who's brave enough to do stand-up comedy. But um, I think uh, sketch comedy is hilarious, too. Have you discovered Ryan Long yet? Not yet. He is just so funny. He, um, feel free to drop his name in the comments. I will. I'll drop a link. Yeah. His, his stuff is just so <laughs> irreverent, and yet he, he just kind of captures um, the zeitgeist of the moment oh, in, excellent. A, in a really delicious way. And then he makes these videos. He's got this guy who's his sidekick, and um, I'll share with you his rumble. All right. Yeah. Well, any kind of particular science you want to hear about in the future? Um, I, I'm not really a sciencey person, so I'm probably not a good person to ask. But um, no pressure. Good to hear from you all the same. Glad you. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you learned something cool. Yeah, like I said, I wasn't listening too close because I was talking to my daughter, but. Um, <laughs> no pressure. It's, it's all getting a, recorded. Appreciate the, you know, anyone who starts a show is doing something new. You know, that's it's all good. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to the comedy show, too. So I'm going to make some room for Joe to come in and I'll catch you on the comedy show, girl. Let's do it. Yeah, I'd love to. At least yeah, make sure to follow it. It's called the Palmity Codpast right now. <laughs> all right. I will go follow it right now. All right. Cool. Thanks. Good talking. Can't wait to do comedy podcast. What's up, Joe? What's hey, Brady. I, I missed your show. Is this, 
Are, is this a topic show or, or are you just having an open conversation? This is a specific topic show. I go over uh, scientific articles and science news. So we're just talking about science today. You, you'll notice that there's a couple of links that I dropped in the, the chat. Those are the, the articles that we talked about today. Um, they kind of pertain to discernment, discretion, diversity, development, all of those D words. And it was interesting, man. It was a really good one. I had a lot of fun on this one, learned a lot. It was totally weird. It got, every time I do one of these, it ends up getting even weirder than I expected. So I'm really happy with how that's coming out. But um, what kind of science would you like to hear about in the future? Um, political science. Okay, political science. Yeah, we can do that. That sounds cool. Yeah, right on. I don't want to mess the show up. I had uh, some follow-up questions from our conversation yesterday, but out of respect, uh, I'll just uh, catch that conversation up with you uh, at at a different forum. Respectable, man. I'll tell you what. I'm going to end this room right now, and then I'm going to open a room so we can talk. How about that? And then. uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll make a room right after I close this one. And uh, what's up, Anthony? Maybe I think Anthony's probably got another subject for us. Yeah, not science yeah. so much, but I think maybe what you just said. And Joe's a, Joe's a buddy of mine as well. I, I DM'd him, but I don't think he saw it. Um, but yeah, I would love for you to start a room, with, especially with Jenny, and I think Joe would be interested too, where we maybe brainstorm some of these comedy ideas. Oh, cool. You want to do it right yeah. now? You're going to open and it right now? I, I'd be down, but like, and also we're like, we don't have to just talk one on, like where we could have like three or four of us talking, I think uh, could be cool. I, I'd totally be down. Yeah, that'd be great. Cause honestly, cool. I'm going to be doing some stuff. So I don't know if I, I'd be a great host. So that'd be good. I'll hop Sweet. in. But you want, you want me to start it? Yes, cool. sir. All right. I'll do it. Fire it up. Let's go. All right. See you guys on the other side. I hope you guys learned something cool and you'll have a great afternoon.